I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. The first guy to give us a shot on radio in Bakersfield was Steve Wall. He always said, you guys are millionaires. The check's just not signed yet. What's up, y'all? That was Cassie with her favorite quote from today's guest to Baker Boys. You're listening to Rebel Radio. And I'm your host, Josh Levine. You can find us on Dash Radio, iTunes, SoundCloud. I heard that Rebel Radio is now streaming 24-7 at all Panera Bread locations. Our guest today is the Baker Boys, old friends of mine. I actually was their manager for a short time back in the 90s. We're going to dig into that. We're going to talk about how these two guys, Nick V and Eric V, I guess I'm Josh V., They've been running a family business now for three decades. They give us some lessons on how they get help from the outside and how they stay true to themselves and kind of balance those two things. Before we get into the interview, let's hear the EDM.com track of the week. A little older, didn't think I could pull her She stood up and she looked my way And she gave me that look, it was all in the face She winked once, so I winked too Like if you blink, girl, I might blink too Got a number real quick from there, it was through Said I like your style and said I'm all in two We went around the world and then back We hit up Cali, had to get smacked And then we hit the county, ice cream and brownies Started asking questions like Ralph and Tommy I'm like, fuck them, I wanna build the naughty Wanna pull up with you and I knew who got it, she like yeah, you know you like that. That was our track of the week from EDM.com. The song's called Sugar, and the artist is Ishdar, I-S-H-D-A-R-R. Look it up. And now, let's get into the interview. Oh, man. You know, yeah. Josh was pretty guarded, you know, yeah. for the most part, on purpose. Yeah, I'm realizing that. I don't think I knew that. At no, the no, time. I don't think it's a purposeful <laughs> thing. I think it's just like... Um, Natural thing. Just yeah, just, I don't know, you know. I, reserved. Reserved. It's not standoffish at all because, you you know, you're open, but also we don't know shit about you. He could be... 
<laughs> you know, secret guy, uh, uh, Craig's book. <laughs> yeah, this is just his cool outfit. Then when he leaves, it's like fucking <laughs> Elton John. <laughs> oh, shit. That's hilarious. Well, but seriously, like, we started doing the show partly just to reconnect with people and to, like, I mean, it's, it's funny, like, everyone we've interviewed so far is pretty much people I know. Yeah. And, um... Because nobody else knows you. They didn't want to come in. They're like, who's just Josh Levine guy? <laughs> well, you just, you, know, you, you <laughs> start with your friends. Entertainment's and, night guy, try to get on. Right? <laughs> exactly. And, uh, but I'm learning so much about everybody that I've known for 20 years. Right. You know... I just had, we had Terry Heller's airing uh, tomorrow. Okay. Oh, wow. And uh, mostly because, I mean, he came on because he's doing a bunch of interesting shit, but we're airing him now because, you know, he talks about a lot about NWA. Yeah, and, of course. You know, it's, it's relevant right now. But even, you know, he's one of my best friends. We've yeah. been friends 25 years. Right. And I learned a lot about him even in the interview because you don't interview your friends. No. Yeah. You know, we try not to, you know, <laughs> unless there's lots of uh, alcohol, right? You know, what I mean, some early mornings, that type of stuff, and you just get to know about people. But yeah. otherwise, it's like in passing. Yeah, you know, it's just exactly. life is happening. Yeah, you just chop it up, and you're yeah. not like really. You don't go in. deep, you know, and yeah. go deep into personal stuff. That yeah, like that. So, but we want to start the show. Really, what we're talking about is how do creative people build their their careers and their business, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like you see all this stuff in the online about entrepreneurs startups and everyone's got advice for how to you know the th- three things successful entrepreneurs do every morning or some bullshit like that right <laughs> but uh but you guys are entrepreneurs you've been building a business and a brand for 20 years for a while yeah yeah <laughs> and are, are are you know the best at what you do thank you and, um, are we on now? Are you recording now? I think we just roll. Okay, and then we, cool. we just let it roll. Yeah, and then we right, just cool. we'll edit. You know, that's how we do it. All right. We'll edit out everything I said. We'll keep what you say. <laughs> um, but you know, so we want to dig into to how have you accomplished that and and what keeps you going and and talk about some of that stuff. But you know, I will intro for our listeners. Um, we know each other. I used to manage the Baker Boys yep. for a short period. I, w- I need to say I was not, I think, a very good manager for you guys. We weren't very good clients either, so don't. <laughs> you, you can't take all the credit. Okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, was, uh, I, I, I think Dubsy connected us, yeah, if totally. I remember correctly. So I was managing Dubsy probably 96, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I, was, I would come up to the station a lot with him, and I was getting to know some of the other cats around the station. And... Uh, and then, you know, I heard you guys were looking for a manager or he put us together. Right. And I think it kind of went like, I mean, my memory is a little fuzzy because that was almost 20 years ago. But, you know, I think it kind of went like, hey, we need a manager. Heard good things about you. Here's a tape of our beats. It was probably a dad. Mm. And I was like, cool. Great. You know? Yeah. And I knew you guys from the air. And, and, you know, you guys were real cool in person. So I was, like, fired up. This is dope. <laughs> you know. This is Josh fired up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> basically looked the same as well. <laughs> but I'm like, this is great, you know. And, and I'm going to go out there and sell some beats. And, and, the, and the reality. And, I, you know, so what I did is I took that tape to everybody I knew, which was more or less, you know, every A&R guy, yeah. some other managers, whatever. And nobody bought a beat. <laughs> and you know that wasn't your fault though <laughs> obviously not, no but but here's but I'll tell you what I learned from the experience is that you know no one was buying beats everyone said like oh I love the Baker Boys yeah here's what they said to, 
to be honest. They said, I love Nick. Eric is dope. <laughs> dope. Right? Nice, nice. Like, talented. Not that they didn't love you. Yeah, yeah, of course. But, you know, you're the more outgoing. Yeah, of course. He's, He's always out. Right. No, you're sort of the the, the face in some ways mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. Baker Boys. Yeah, right? the Ronald yeah. McDonald right. of, of the crew. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I've seen you both, you know, behind the wheels. I think you both have talent. Um, but people maybe talk about you a little bit more on the decks. Um, maybe it's because your your personality stands out more. Anyway, so that was unanimously. Mm-hmm. But we that's don't what like everyone said. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not buying nothing. Well, and some people said, eh, or some people were like, yeah, it's cool, mm-hmm. you know. But I don't have anything for you at the minute, at mm-hmm. the moment. And then what I realized later in the lesson is, I didn't know what to do next. Mm. Like I kind of thought this is going to be easy. Like these are guys that are known; they're on the air. People fuck with them. Mm-hmm. The beats were cool, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And I just didn't know what to do next. And I didn't know at that stage of my career, I didn't know to ask for help. I didn't know to come back maybe to you guys and go, hey, you know what? Plan A is not working. Let's talk, let's let's sit down and come yeah, up with plan else. B. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know to go to, you know, mentors or somebody else and say, hey, you know, this what should I do? And so I just kept like I just kept rolling with it, and then finally, you know, I think one day you called me, Eric, and was like, hey, this isn't working, which was true. We all knew that. And um, so that was a kind of a good lesson for me. Dope. Well, um, I think all of the people that have come across us as far as artists are concerned, as we are, um, have the same issue. You're not the only one. Yeah, you're not the only one. So, <laughs> so feel better. You're in a good, <laughs> you're in a, a good company. <laughs> yeah, we got Happy Walters. Uh-huh. You know, he was in there as well. Um, he oh, got, that's right. That was before me, right? Yeah, that was yeah. before you. Who else, Eric? We, I mean, we oh. we've worked with Adrian Miller. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, uh, Nobody's really figured out what to do with us mm. as, far as, as well, far as a brand goes. One thing that I found interesting is so some cool stuff happened, and I'm not gonna. I can't take credit for it, but even while we were in that short time, like you guys, and you don't, you don't talk about this on your bio, but you guys did a TV show with Russell Simmons. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, what was you that brought called? that. You brought that. The, Maybe uh, the, the top. It was like the models, and they were doing things. And I think I brought it, but it didn't pay, or it didn't pay it much. It paid okay. Yeah, it, it paid okay. It was something like an that. association thing with Russell. That's right. Yeah, you know, of course. That was like I forgot you, the name of the show. It was a quick. Yeah, show. it was like hosted by a supermodel, and then you guys were the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're doing like voiceover stuff. For yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the Cali Kings record. Yeah, yeah. We put out a, um, a mixtape in '98, '1998. Before that, we put out some albums with Power 106, um, Straight for the Streets. What is it called? Mixtape exclusive. Baker Boys always bringing the heat, baby. Paul, peep this one out. My baby girl Siamese, she about to do it. Big up to my man Steve-O, representing, you know how he do, Epic Street. Yeah. Yo, Siamese about to hit you in the head. You ain't ready for this. 2G style. Baker Boys, Cali Kings mixtape. There comes a time in every woman's life. Quick mix, like a, uh, mm-hmm. straight to the streets, uh, and those were all like benefit albums. So we put it together, and all the money went to go benefit the um, 
like an East LA cultural center or right, something right, like right. that. So that's very cool. And that's uh, something else that I would like to exercise a little bit more is using what we do have and I guess just like help rallying up um, for nonprofit organizations, you know, just doing mm -hmm. something, whatever it might be, just lending our services to them because we've been doing it for ourselves for so long and it's like, okay, now what's next? What? How can we actually step up mm -hmm. without, you know, trying to continually go back to what we did? We want to move forward, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's something I, I want to do, continue on and doing nonprofit organization stuff. Yeah. That's so, yeah, we did do that album. Um, yeah. We did the, the Russell Simmons thing. And we're looking for, always looking for the next thing to sure. do. Um, and then the last thing I remember, that Pepsi campaign. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. SRC, my brother Frank V, um, basically was working with, with Steve, with the street team and all that stuff. And he threw our name in the hat and it came through. We did that. Nice. That was cool. We did something with Starter as well. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day. That was dope. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that we did, but it's like, okay, cool. So the stack on stack on stack, this is good success, good success, good success. And then, you know, when we broke, broke off from Power 106, it was like, now we don't really have that microphone or that vehicle and we had to create it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we're continually to do that, you know, doing it for ourselves, continuing the brand extensions and things like that. Yeah. So we're, we're not done, we're far from done. Yeah, yeah, of course. But it was a nice foundation. So what was, I remember you guys were always talking about, you know, we're we're over the radio like we want to we want to produce we want to you know focus on that maybe leave the station and for me i was always terrified of that like mm -hmm. you have this yeah. platform mm -hmm. that's huge you're in the second biggest market mm -hmm. in the country you know you the ratings are good like people love you mm -hmm. you're just gonna walk away from all that mm -hmm. right and and then you did and so t take us what happened on the next day you guys wake up <laughs> <laughs> the first day you're not on the air. Well, what was, was going through times. your minds? Yeah, there was. Are, are you talking about like when we left, left power? Left. Yeah. yeah. And we went across the street, basically? Well, no, no, no. <laughs> or when we left, left. When you left, yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, it sucks, you know, because that's, that's pretty much what I know and what, what we know and what we've grown up doing for so long. And uh, not being able to have that outlet is, is a little awkward for me personally. Yeah, I'm sure. Because on the air is different than, um, you know, we have a pre-recorded show that we do every week. It's a syndicated show. Mm -hmm. It's pre-recorded. It's just me and him in the room. We're, it's very generic. It's talking about the music. It's, there's no, not too much personality. We can't really be who we are. You know, that's kind of like my, my outlet, my escape is being on the radio. Sure. Uh, and be able to have that interaction with audience, with uh, anybody you're interviewing, whoever's there, the energy, whatever's going on. So I, I hate it. I mean, I, I still would love to do a live show every mm -hmm. day. You know, that's kind of my thing. He's he's okay with it. He's okay with it or without it. Yeah. But that's that's how Nick is. He's yeah. kind of just fits in wherever he's it okay. goes. Yeah. yeah. He, if if we do it, cool. If we don't, cool. Right. But me, I'm more um, passionate about it still. I mm -hmm. still miss that mm -hmm. that part of my life. So. Yeah, I'm sure. So how how you? How did you get started DJ? Was one first? He started first. Okay. Nick started first. What, yeah. How'd that happen? Um, what, what, how'd you I, find yourself? I walked yourself? into a nightclub. Well, it was our my, my father's teenage nightclub in Bakersfield that we created, that he created. And I walked into the DJ booth and I just saw this incredible scene out of a movie. And I was like, ah! <laughs> dude, there's the DJ, obviously. 
There's a girl on each side. The dude's got a drink in his hand. There's a thousand people dancing out there with fog and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is possible? Where, out of what space <laughs> is this possible? Yeah. And it was. How old were you? I was 11. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I was yeah. 11. But I had always, even before that, actually, um, this is funny because I just remember this not too long ago. It was my cousin Ricky's wedding. And... DJ Flash was DJing and he was sitting down DJing you know he's just <laughs> he was an older cat he was uh-huh. sitting down DJing but he had to leave and I was always right there in front of the turntables just looking and tapping my toe and all that stuff looking at these guys doing their thing and I didn't realize realize that I was into it like I wanted to be that I just realized that I just liked it mm-hmm. so he had to leave and he's like come here he's I'm the only one right there close to the uh-huh. DJ booth or mm-hmm. the table mm-hmm. and he's like I, I gotta go well, you just got put some music on, you know what I mean? Put one record on, put the next record on. I'm like, okay, okay, I guess. Right. <laughs> I'll try it. But what I did is I, because I was still, it was even before 11, I was looking at the the, the wax. I was mm-hmm. looking at the, the, the pictures, and I would recognize the stuff from my brother's uh, record crate at home and my mom's stuff. So I would just throw that record on and threw stuff that I, I knew. Yeah. So that was my first thing, uh, um, I guess, being a DJ, but not really understanding. Mm-hmm. But until I walked into that nightclub, and I seen that, and I was like, oh, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> so that was how I started DJing. That's dope. And then, yeah, I started uh, about a, <laughs> probably like six months to a year later. Okay. Yeah, so th- this was the uh, evolution of the whole club situation. Our, our club was called Vidal's. It was after our family name. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was basically started kind of to keep my older brother out of trouble because he was always out partying and stuff. So mm-hmm. they're like, let's figure out something where everybody could be at one time. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so it was a team keep club. Keep eyes on him. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So my, my, they hired uh, this guy named Moses who was doing ha- a lot of house parties, big house party guy. He was doing big, big parties. So they hired him to be the DJ. He started messing with his equipment. Moses found out about it. He got pissed off. He talked to my dad. He said, hey, this is not a toy. Yeah. You know, this is expensive, and, you know, he don't need to be playing with this. So every every Saturday morning, we'd come from Friday night to clean up. When we were cleaning up, he was in there messing with the turntables, not working, of course, just mm-hmm. messing with everything. So Moses it's found carving, out about it. Probably not my career. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> so that Moses was, that found was college. It. <laughs> yeah, he found out about it, and uh, he started taking his power cord. He had like this pigtail uh-huh. special power cord. So then the next weekend comes, and then this guy starts splicing um, <laughs> extension, uh, extension cords, cords <laughs> and just sticking it up uh-huh. there. He's like, it's gonna work eventually. He just uh-huh. stuck it up. Don't know nothing about electricity, and he's. Just, yeah, finding out what's going on. That's so amazing. then the next week, Moses found, finds these splice extension cords. He's like, okay, he's still messing with my shit. <laughs> so he goes to my dad and uh, basically tells him, hey, he's still messing with it. And basically my dad said, you know, um, well, here's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to buy him his own equipment and I'm going to fire you. <laughs> and uh, that's how he wow. got thrown into DJing. Nice. And then probably then after that, before that, he was working the lights. Mm-hmm. So when he graduated to the DJ, uh-huh. I became the light man. Nice. So I started working the lights, and then so you know, but that's always been his thing. He he loves being in in the spotlight. That's that's what he does. Sure. I don't care about it. Yeah. I'm cool being in the background. I'm cool with that space. I don't need to be the center of attention ever. Mm-hmm. I, I'm cool. I just I like to I like to play. I like to DJ still, but it's not something i strive to be in front of 20 million people i don't i don't care mm-hmm. um but you know he's comfortable in that space 
and that's 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 fine. But um, you know, I asked him to teach me, and of course, he said no. So I had to learn myself. Is that right? Yeah, I had to teach myself. Bro, I'm only six months into my career, yeah. and this cat wants to jump on like, bro, chill. He wouldn't even teach me. He wouldn't teach me at all, so I had to learn myself. And then later, another friend of ours that we met actually showed us the correct way how to mix, because there's a way to mix. You know, there's, you could be, it could be on beat, but it's still not on time. Right. You got to have, you got to count, it's counting bars. It's a lot of counting. Uh, it's a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, calculating and stuff math. like that it's all math which is crazy because i'm terrible at math but for whatever reason <laughs> when it count comes bars. to dj and i'm good <laughs> yeah. yeah i count bars he uh-huh. counts bars yeah. <laughs> yeah. so that's bar. funny <laughs> yeah and then it all it all stemmed from you know really from our older brother though i, I yeah. would say because we used to have my parents would let him have house parties at our house because so he yeah. would Sure. be home yeah you know they used to hire djs and you know he would be 10 11 9 on the stairs listening you mm-hmm. know we grew up with rick james cameo funkadelic lakeside, lakeside yeah. parliament all the all the like super funk stuff give me that stuff that funk that sweet that funk is stuff give me that stuff that funk that sweet that funk is stuff give it to me give it to me but then also on my sister's side we grew up with like the 80s stuff mm. you know she was into devo and Blondie and, okay. and uh, the Go-Go. So we had a great balance of everything. So we like all those, you know, yeah. from Rick Springfield to Adamant to, you know, we can listen to all that and know what it is. So we weren't just stuck in one mm-hmm. lane, yeah. you know. What's the, is there a first record that made an impact on you? Um, well, I would have to say the first two records that I've, you know, mixed mixed together. Yeah, would it be uh, Blue Monday, New mm-hmm. Order, and Spin Me Round by um, I thought it was Better Life. I Better thought Life. it was uh, Egypt, Egypt, and Street Freaks, Mm-mm. Beat Freaks. I didn't have. We didn't have Egypt, Egypt until uh, no, no, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Though, because those, you know, that's when somebody took me to side a DJ, an older DJ. It was just like an after party at Vidal's after like a car show. And I was up there mixing and he was like, let me show you something. And he came up there and said, start mm-hmm. on the one and do it like that. So, and to keep it, just ride it out as long as you possibly can. Just ride the mix, ride mm-hmm. the songs together. So those two records for me are always my, mm-hmm. my cornerstone, I guess. Nice. So. I Eric, guess what about you? Yeah. Uh, sh- I, c- I can't even remember, honestly. I don't know. Um, do you remember the first record you bought? Uh, we bought them all together. Oh, yeah. When we first started, um, we came down to L.A., you know, to buy the equipment. My, our father brought us down here and then we went to a record company, a record store called Exodus Records in mm-hmm. Montebello. And we bought $300 worth of high-energy dance records. You know, uh, a lot of we were influenced a lot by K-Day back in the day. They used mm-hmm. to have a show called the High Energy Show, okay. which would air from what? Two, mm-hmm. two in the morning to five in the morning. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. late. Like super late. Yeah. Uh, so we'd be on our roof in Bakersfield listening to the High Energy show, and we'd record it, and then we'd take the tape to the record store and yeah. be like, "Yo, 
what's this? What's yeah. this song? And, then, and then the guy would be like, oh, okay, that's this. And then he'll right. put it, pull it to the side. Was it like freestyle? It was, uh, yeah, it was like high energy disco, uh -huh. Euro disco stuff, okay. man. Yeah. Like okay. that's, uh, even if I told you some groups, you probably wouldn't even know, but it was, there was stuff we from Canada for, uh, called Taps. Taps that we played was a lot. Big. Native Love was huge. Um, Divine by Divine. Okay. That was Trans huge. X. Yeah. Living Trans on video. X. Living on video. Sure. Lot, all that stuff. That. Uh, yeah. Also, a lot of stuff from Italy. Uh, Bobby O. Mm -hmm. The Italian disco stuff was really, really dope. And, yeah. And Pet Shop Boys before mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Like before all blew up. You yeah. know, uh, before the Western Girls Western, blew up. Well, Western Girls was way back in '84. I'm good with the numbers and, and the years. Yeah. I, <laughs> I can literally. It's like a mapped out my years. Is that right? 1984 was Western Girls, and I was just uh, with a buddy the other night. He was like, "The first time Moses played Western Girls at Videl's, people just went nuts." And I'm sure. like, "I don't remember that, you know, yeah. but I know it was 1984." Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And then when when did you become the Baker Boys? That came later on when we were uh, going back and forth from Los Angeles, from Bakersfield to Los Angeles, uh, producing music. We were working with um, Latin, not Kid, Latin Frost. Kid Frost, ALT, um, and all the Latin, mm -hmm. quote unquote, Latin um, artists here yeah, in Los Angeles. Yeah, Mellow Man and mm -hmm. all those guys. Mm -hmm. You know, they were doing this thing called Latin Alliance, and yeah. ALT was rap, uh, writing a lot of stuff for people, and uh, we'd hang out at his house a, a lot. And he'd come see us in Bakersfield, or we'd come see him up here, and they were drunk one night, and we walk into his place, and he's like, hey, guys, it's the Baker Boys. And oh, that was shit. pretty much it. Yeah. That's how the name stuck. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. That's great. That's a great name. That's, that's <laughs> just how it is. You know, we we're from Bakersfield, and yeah. you know, our moms all, would always call us the boys, or this or that, so it just it just happened, and uh -huh. you know, we're no longer boys. We're a <laughs> little, <laughs> little older now. The Bakers and them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So you talked about it a little bit, but um, obviously you guys have, you know, very different personalities and styles, and uh, but you've been business partners forever. Actually, we've been waiting for this moment, and I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not the first time. He's, he's tried this in San Francisco as well. Trying to break up with them since 2001. Right. <laughs> it's not yeah. working. I try. I try to tell him. It's like. It's. It's like. It's like Abbott and Costello or freaking Penn and Teller. It's it's, yeah. it's Siegfried and Roy. You could be the guy to get attacked by the lion if you want. I, don't <laughs> I mean, you know, I might be able to fake it better. If we can stage that, I can totally do it, and yeah. we can get some play out of that. Nice. So bring in that lion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's do I'll it. I'll take one for the team. <laughs> Somebody's got to get shot. Somebody's got to die. That's right. In order for us to, uh, you know, really get some PR out That's of this right. shit. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We, we're making history. Absolutely. Mike Karen's going to come in right now with a gun. Fuck <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I don't know how we do it. It's just we're brothers. Yeah. We have to look out for each other, you know? Sure. Uh, yin and yang, like he said. Uh, I have I have great things that I can do that he will never be able to do, and same yeah. thing with him. Mm -hmm. You know, he adds a different touch to it. You know, I add, I guess, you know, what I do. But when he comes in, when we're doing music and production and stuff, I'm wild with it. I'm going everywhere. I'm splashing paint. Pop. 
I'm going with it. And then he comes in and structures mm-hmm. and says, okay, remove that, let's add this. And so he brings that structure to it, so it, it works like that. So how do you guys make decisions? Yeah. You know, you, you want to do it your way? It's it's probably more frustrating for him because I'm always like, you know, well, let's wait, let's, let's, let's wait, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, I'm trying to, trying to come out of that more now lately just to kind of like okay just do whatever you think you know just i I have to trust him as well you know he's he's uh a forward thinker Mm -hmm. uh he's always been and especially with music or new artists or things like that you know he's always putting me on the to people and and you know two years later or three six months later or nine months later they they end up blowing up Mm -hmm. Um, so Does I, that work for talent scouting? Um, he's always looking. Yeah, I'm always, I'm always, always looking. looking. I'm always looking towards the future, the technology that people are using, how they're doing it differently, and um, you know that's that's just my job now. Yeah, too. he'll he'll go out to who'd you go see recently? This this new cat. This new cat. And there was like three people there. Including, it was like including and, Nick and his girlfriend. <laughs> you know, but nice. he was up there. He was dope. He was doing his thing, and I, I seen you know his capability. I'm like, I can see this guy on stage. I can see him next to this guy. So. Um, yeah, that's just it, man. It's always follow follow the passion, follow the music, and everything else will follow. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, um, I worry about the rest later. Like like I said, broad strokes. Let's go, mm-hmm. and then we can narrow it down later on. But right now, let's we want the raw talent that is is not really um, polished yet. Mm-hmm. That way, we can you know help develop them, mm-hmm. what have you, and um, yeah, that's what I'm about. Yeah, so you you guys have helped bring some pretty important talent to light right so you had a hand in bringing big boy mm-hmm. from what i understand yeah uh richard vision who's... richard was there richard was there before he was us. there yeah. okay he was there at power okay e-man he's coming on the show dope the next couple of weeks cool. yeah good friend of ours yeah he's always been 100 with us so yeah, yeah. Big up rich. So, um e-man you said mm-hmm. yeah right uh so talk about that though because that's not like a typical thing that DJs are doing is, is, you know, finding other DJs or connecting with, you know. Right. Um, well, I mean, like I said, it, it, with uh, with E-Man, it was something we were searching for on Power 106. We were looking for the next DJ. Mm-hmm. So we had a contest. Uh, with Big Boy, it was more of like he bugged the shit out of me <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to play, you know, uh, our record, Pistol Grip Pump. I was raised in the hood, called what the death, what the brothers in the hood be shippless. So I wrap these bits on my ligaments, twist the grip, pump on my lap, risking it, no life giving, never giving it back, too late for slipping, so slack, oh, it's on my lap, it's on your lips, so trash it, I still get pumps, lick my pump butts, and I'm saying, ain't no question who the man is, in my seven getting this show biz, I should fool, I can fool, come on, what you say, I think it's care all you other call on the phone all the time and just hit me up baker boys please play that song again please play that song again so um i don't know if we met him at the studio down here on selma before or we just met him over the phone but that was a delicious vinyl or it might have been a delicious vinyl you know he was with the far side at that point in time but you know he just kept in touch him and fuzzy would always just bug the shit out of me mm-hmm. that's pretty much what it is mm-hmm. and they'll tell you the same thing and then i just invited him up one time you know and um turn into something just turn into something um, and that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and then Tito, you know, is probably 
<laughs> you know, he's he's a pretty special character in, in the history of LA radio. Yes. Yeah, right. Well, pretty incredible. Um, Tito used to come to the studio every day, you know, to take out the trash, basically. Mm -hmm. And we'd talk to him. We would just sit there and talk to him. Hey, Tito, what's going on? How's your day? And, you know, he, we talked to him. We thought he was funny and thought he was a nice guy. So we just... I just said one day, let's throw him on the air and see what happens. Yeah. We put him on the air and it's like, <laughs> he lasted at power longer than us. <laughs> yeah. So, That's you, know, um, you know, we seen him not too long ago. We actually did a demo. We were going to do a new show uh -huh. on uh, on Latino here in L.A. Oh, cool. Uh, a friend of ours, Pete Manriquez, was the mm -hmm. program director. And we had just did, did, did the demo. We were getting ready to start. And then he got fired, mm. so we didn't get the show off the road. But it was going to be us and Tito, um, like a Saturday night mix show, and it was going to be live and the whole thing. So mm -hmm. we were excited about it, but it didn't happen, you know. So there's been a couple of opportunities for us to get back on in LA, but they yeah. just haven't panned out. Mm -hmm. You know, we were talking to K Day about it, and they went a different direction. And sure. So uh, you know, we're still we're still that's still a possibility out there, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but we're also moving forward with other stuff, music and production, and still trying to figure out what to do with this brand that we've built over 20 years. Sure. Because we still don't know. Yeah. And it, it's like, we okay, we got this. Like, everybody we sit down with, like, oh, you guys are legends. You guys are this and that. You guys should be doing this, doing that. You should be doing books, movies, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Cool. Go ahead. <laughs> Handle it. Let's do it. You, you, this is what you do for a living, so right. you do it. So yeah. here's what I think, you know, it's like, <laughs> We're writing chapters still. Yeah. It's, the book is not done. The, the story is not over. But you heard a little glimpse of how we came to be. And, you know, now we're at, okay, where are you going next? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think that's where we are. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think to some extent you always have to be that. Absolutely. Right? You always have Everybody to be thinking yeah. the next step. Mm -hmm. This is, see, now you're evolving into a radio talk show host. <laughs> What's Maybe. next for you, Josh? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. We got to get past episode uh, 12 or something. <laughs> yeah. See, see where it takes us. Dope. Um, you so, and you guys have played all over the country. We're syndicated now. So. Yeah, the, the show's syndicated, so right. we're in different cities. But even before that, times. you were in Miami, SF. Did you guys live in Miami? We yeah. lived in Miami. So yeah. Yeah. Where in Miami? Uh, I'm from Miami. Oh, I lived in Aventura, Golden Beach. Yeah. Yeah. With the rest, with the rest of the Jews. Yeah. I liked it over there. You did? Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> he forgot his his yarmulke today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't live there unless you know you're down, right? down with the mentions. I've never been there. A lot of Jubins. That's funny. Uh, and I was in Plantation, Plantation. Florida. Oh okay. my gosh, what were you doing out there? Well, I was a slave, obviously. <laughs> 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 no, it's a bad joke. Uh, um, because I had kids, Broward County. Oh, yeah. right. they, everybody told us not to. Yeah, the school system. Miami. So yeah, and we yeah, got them in a great school. Josh makes fun of my grammar all the time and the way I just say things. Yeah. Miami people. Mm -hmm. I just think the Miami school system, they have a different really mm -hmm. curriculum mm -hmm. that doesn't involve English Absolutely. the way we speak it. Yeah. Like, fuck all this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's like all kind of shit crossed out in their textbooks. <laughs> yeah, we have like, yeah. We don't no need means, this. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, no means no. Yeah. No, yeah means yeah. Yeah, no for sure means maybe. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, for sure. How did the music compare, like, the taste in music from L.A.? 
Um, I know I don't know about any LA hip hop. Like when I moved out to LA, I was like, "What is this?" I have no well, idea. you probably automatically thought Compton, Boys in the Hood, or Ice Cube, and all that right. stuff. Right. Well, I wasn't really into hip hop that much, but yeah. I learned as I moved here. So West Coast. Miami definitely had their own style uh, flavor. While we were listening to Karis One and Public Enemy on the West Coast, or just mm-hmm. in hip hop in general, mm-hmm. Miami was booty shaking with Uncle mm-hmm. Luke. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I mean. If you're in Miami and and that's the movement, fuck Public Enemy. Right. We're booty shaking. <laughs> boom, boom, chan, boom, 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 boom. So that's what it was, and they never really experienced our, our I guess our brand of hip hop, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. And that's what we brought to to Miami. Uh, but also moving down south allowed us to have a different taste on our palate as far as southern music is concerned. Yeah, for sure. So sure. the Little Johns and, and the um, ATL and, all and TIs stuff. and all that stuff, that was very prevalent GZ. over there. And it helped us with our syndicated mix show as well. So we can now be a little bit more rounded, well-rounded, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as well, far as our music is concerned. Well, music more nationalized now. It's not so s- segregational. Right. right. Uh, unless you go to certain markets like Atlanta, it's yeah. its own beef. It's it's its own beast. Okay. You will hear stuff yeah. there you will never hear anywhere else in the country. Is it good? I mean, it's it's their sound. It's they they, they right. support their own stuff locally. Right. And you know, before you know it, this person's on the air, and then they get signed, and they got a deal, and then they blow up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's how it, that's yeah. how it's gone. You know. Yeah, that's cool. yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I think is interesting, as as you say, like. You know, with the internet, and we can hear music from anywhere at any time, right? Yeah. Which is new, because you know yeah. it didn't used to be that way. And you'd go travel around, and you'd hear music that was just for them. But there's something kind of different about hearing that music in the place where mm-hmm. it kind of yeah. belongs, Originated. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember being uh, going to Magic City, <laughs> and like, you know, Magic City. You, you know, it's a unique place for <laughs> definitely a lot of reasons. But <laughs> but like, there's records created for that club, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And that they you know they break and and you walking in there and there's a record that's never i mean they've been it's been played a dozen times always in that club and everybody knows the words yep. and and it's like you can't listen to that on Spotify and think you're having the same kind of experience Absolutely not. No, it's special to no, go Spotify to. don't have gunshots. <laughs> <laughs> so, or exactly. cocoa butter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, when they get that down, right. they got something good. That's right. Spotify, you got to step your game up, man. That's right. Fuck that shit. I love it. That's great. But so, so I guess what I'm asking is, you know, when you move to another city, right, like how do you blend your taste and all your history and knowledge of music to what's happening right now in that city? Um, yeah, I'll just kind of touch it. I, I think... How we've had success in different cities is we never came in there with uh, the mentality of, hey, we're from here. Right. We just kind of blend in. Yeah. Like, okay, we're here now. So this is where we go. And then, you know, then, of course, Nick is out scouring mm-hmm. clubs, streets, whatever. You know, I think within the first six months we were there, he brought he brought us Pitbull. No, it was less than six months. It was literally three, like Three to four month. months. No, it was a flame month because we did the chicken breast thing. Oh, okay. All right. What's the chicken breast? Yeah, oh. <laughs> April Fool's. April Fool's <laughs> joke I came up with. Okay. Um, we did, uh, we just got there. I think we've been there a month or something like that. So I decided uh, we got to do something cool for April Fool's. So we decided to give away uh, was 103 pair of breasts. 
And so we, we took, got a doctor. We got a doctor, a fake oh. doctor, to come up, and it was actually one of the sales guys. He's uh, like, "Oh, I'm Doctor Such and Such from Beverly Hills. I just moved out here from Miami. I, I'm starting my business. You know, I, I remember you guys from L.A. and." I, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna hook up your listeners. You donating. Know? I'm donating 103 pair of breasts. Pair of breasts. So we're like, okay, ladies, the first 103 women that <laughs> sign up tomorrow at 5 a.m. at the radio station. At the radio station. Come down get, to the station. Come to the station. Yeah. Uh-huh. So starting at three, four in the morning, these guys, these women are no. lining up outside. Yeah, I'm sure. Out, really and it was numbers. cold. It was cold. It was like one of the coldest days in Miami yeah. that yeah. year. It was like in the 40s or 50s. People don't believe yeah. you when it gets cold. It gets cold yeah, here yeah, and yeah. there. So <laughs> we brought them into a. a a big conference room. We had the, the fake doctor there and all that stuff. And we brought up one of the winners and we said, here, here, you know, here's the it's prize or whatever. The envelope. She opens it up and basically we ended up giving her chicken breast. <laughs> they went nuts. Like wow. funny nuts or like they were No, like no. no. They started Pins. throwing <laughs> You motherfuckers, <laughs> you son of a bitches. We had to go back upstairs. Yes. <laughs> Oh they had to God. call the cops on these women. Oh, one time only? Yeah, we only did it one time. They had to call the cops on these women. And then one, one of the girls got smart and was like, shit, I'm taking all this chicken. Oh, she God. took it off. She took it off. She started packing it up and took it off. I'm feeding my kids oh, for six shit. months on this shit. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, we got some uh, some television out there as well. Yeah, that, yeah that I'm was sure. Great. Yeah, awesome. So, wait, what was the pit bull part of that? Um, I just brought Pitbull to the radio station, and, oh, oh, oh. and that night when I met him, I mean, he basically met me in the parking lot of the radio station. We didn't know him from anything like that, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't care. Show me, introduce mm-hmm. me. It was by, actually my buddy Chris Pringle, rest in peace. He said, "You got to meet this guy. He's got he's he's heavy on the streets. He's doing his mixtapes." I'm like, "Cool, bro. I know you. Bring him to the station. Let's meet." And we met up, and we just kind of like sparked it up right there, and it was like, "Let's come to the studio." And I went to the studio, Diaz Brothers, that, that night, um, and he cut. A, a promo for us. You know how we do our, our morning show promos and mm-hmm. stuff? And he did a Make a Boys promo and he even threw it in about the chicken breast because it was going to happen later on that morning. Oh, that's funny. So when that shit was done, boom, I had a pit bull intro talking about the chicken breast. Mm-hmm. So even oh, before awesome. it was done. Mm-hmm. So that's it. That's just like thinking forward, moving, you know, looking forward and always looking for the artists before they pop off. Right. Mm-hmm. So is that is that typical? It feels like. You know, I know there's a lot of talk about radio now and especially, um, you know, kind of in, in the mainstream, right? Like the your playlist is handed down to you from yeah. corporate, right? It's all. Yeah, it's I read some article about they look on Shazam and they see the top 10 Shazam tracks and that's their playlist. And like, so, you know, how many people are doing that, are going out and finding new talent that the station's not already playing, that's not, you know, quote unquote approved? Well, I mean, now that everything's digital, it's all numbers. You can do it. You can look for it on YouTube, on SoundCloud, any discovery. Look, you know, look at some of the biggest, the bigger artists, and then see who they're following and see yeah. who they're being influenced by. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's like follow the crumbs at this point. Right. And now you don't actually have to go to the club if you don't want to. It's all online, right. and then you can dictate. By the time I find a lot of stuff online, though, it's signed. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? Because they're doing the same thing I'm doing. They just have budgets right. to sign motherfuckers. Be like, yo, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, but I guess what I'm saying like you don't have to like you could just play the shit that's on the if I want on to. the charts right you, no yeah like, we play we definitely we have to stick to the charts we sure. have to be smart about the playlist that we do play mm-hmm. in order to you know fit in to the quote unquote I guess the um, the program mm-hmm. on the regular radio stations around the country if they're playing the the weekend 
I got to play the weekend. Right. You know, but in between the weekend, I can play the VIP remix of Major Lazer that nobody else has. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we can do that. balance there's a balance to it you know i think what's the biggest problem with radio right now is just so repetitive and yeah. people oh. always complain about the yeah. number one complaint about radio is you play the same song right. mm -hmm. so with there being so many outlets from spotify right. to right. soundcloud to youtube to uh what is the pandora there's so oh, many yeah. to 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 dash to mm -hmm. all these outlets i think you could actually get away with being a little looser and actually breaking records and right. actually going out there, you know, because a lot of these records that start, they end up being on the radio, they start in the streets or on the strip at the strip club. Mm -hmm. One of the two. If you're in Atlanta, you want to hear the newest stuff, you go to strip club. That's yeah. it. That's where you hear everything. I'll, yeah, one of our lo our lawyer, our lawyer over there, he's always sending me stuff from, oh, they played this at the strip club. And that's amazing. Three to four months later, it's a hit. Mm -hmm. It's signed and. Wow. You know, but they're out there. It's out there, but I just think that you know they're very tight gripped on on the records. And if they if they would loosen up a little bit, I think it'd be better because the biggest problem with with radios they don't listen to their listener. They don't mm -hmm. listen to their audience. Mm -hmm. They just kind of dictate what they want you to. You know, you just go with it. Not everybody is as radio savvy savvy as we are. You know, we've sure. been in the business. So regular folks that are just trying to drive their kids to school, they ain't turning into dash radio. Think of it. You know, I'm like, right. just put that shit on, yeah. get the kids to school, can't feel my it's face, background noise. Stop them yeah, off. it's whatever's easy. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, for sure. It's background noise for mm -hmm. most people. Yeah. You know, Unless uh, it's turn up radio. Mm -hmm. Like, we got to hear this. The roll call was turn up radio. Yeah. Like, turn the knob up so you can hear this louder. You don't want to miss this. Sure. That's gone. Has been dead, but I think that I mean, uh, you know, Tito's top four four was turn up radio. Yeah. Friday Night Flavors was turn up radio, Absolutely. right? And and I think, um, you know, for me, you know, coming from uh, hip hop and like, we always, especially at the time when K Day was off, right? Mm -hmm. So we always had this like, yeah, we don't really fuck with radio, like, yeah, you know, there was a disconnect. We were working in it, so you had to go up there to get your records played, but you didn't really listen to yeah. it. But then the mix shows. You know, we're the exception to that. And, you know, whether it's you guys or, or Sway and Tech or, mm -hmm. uh, you know. Mike Inn. Yeah. Ems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nardone. Chosen Heads. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that was always the thing, right, that you would kind of tune into. And then, but, but you guys stand out to me as really bridging that gap because you went from mm -hmm. the mix show, mm -hmm. right, to the, to the mainstream. Yeah. You know, and you brought some of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was we were very blessed to be able to do that. Um, not everybody has that power, you know, and no pun intended power. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Friday Night Flavors, we were able to take 
some of those records and rock them in the morning show as well mm-hmm. as nece- as it was necessary because that was our that's how we got into power 106 that's how we got our first shot was playing that underground sound if you will so why not play it in the morning show mm-hmm. you know if you can play it on friday night and it's doing very well for the rest of the radio station you got to play it in the morning show you can't segregate the music because guess what it's done those lines are gone yeah mm-hmm. genres no are dead it's like whatever you want to listen to. Excuse me, I'll take that back. Um, <laughs> whatever you want to listen to is there for you right here in your phone. Yeah. Every genre from this genre to the next to country to whatever you want. So those genres and those lines are gone. So as soon as you erase that out of your mind, you'll be able to move forward. Mm-hmm. But until then, you're just basically holding people back from listening to great music. Mm-hmm. I think they just like to put people in in like uh, compartmentalize, like make them like cattle. You know, they basically like. Right. Okay, all these guys are these cows listen to this kind of music only. Mm-hmm. That's right. It. Yeah, sure. They don't listen to any other genres. Right. They're Latin. They're this age, this age, and this is what they like. Mm-hmm. That's just and, and corporate. That's, just, yeah. that's corporate. It's bean counters. It's it's numbers, and you know, at some point, you have to just actually have a feeling about stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there have been there were numerous times where they wanted to pull records at the station when we were there. You know, like for instance, I think it was Rosa Parks. Many a day has passed, the night has gone by, but still I find the time to put that bomb off in your eye. Total chaos, but these playoffs thought we was absent. We're taking another route to represent the dungeon family like Grade A. Me and my decide to take the back way. We stabbing every city, then we headed to that back cave. ATL, Georgia, what do we do? They were getting ready to pull the record. It's not working, it's not testing, it's not doing well. He, he went in there and pleaded. He's like, give it one more week. Just mm-hmm. give it one more week. It's going to come back. I promise it's going to come back. Next week, the shit came back. Yeah. If they didn't hold on, they, you know, right. the, you got to have a, a gut about stuff. So how'd you know that? Was it just hearing the record or was it, yeah, were you hearing I, that out in the streets? Like, Well, yeah, obviously, you know, uh, the far side, I mean, excuse me, the far side, Outkast, you know, I look at artists that we play as career artists, mm-hmm. not one song artists. Mm-hmm. I want them to be back again, especially an artist like them, mm-hmm. or a, a Tribe Called Quest, or Busta Rhymes. These are career artists. This is not just one record. And you have to give them a shot. You have to keep it going. And that, because that is what makes, that's the makeup of us as a radio station. Those core artists, that's the fiber of how we live and mm-hmm. how we do our thing. So even though Diddy is not so-and-so, quote-unquote, a rapper, as long as we have stars like Diddy, like 50 Cent, like Jay-Z, like whoever, those are the fabric of our culture, and they need to be supported constantly. Mm-hmm. And that's just how I, I think that's how I felt about it. I still feel about it. Yeah. That's, cool. that's interesting. We, we talked on this show, we've been talking about how, uh, you know, there's that... There's a lot of pull to be a, a one-hit wonder. Like mm-hmm. if, if you get a hit, there's a lot stacked against you from ever getting another one, right? Stuff in your own head, stuff mm-hmm. out there, whatever. And you know, we we had AMG on <clears throat> recently, and he talked about how, you know, after that record and and the tour and whatever, he was like, he was done. He didn't realize it at the time, mm-hmm. but he was he was over it. Yeah. 
and he went and we you know we and we heard it in the second record that it just wasn't there mm -hmm. yeah. and then then he's like okay let me figure out how i get that back but it's, right it's never you know you get it that one time it's never right. promised another time because right. there's always new guys coming out there's always absolutely the new person the new dance the new this mm -hmm. you know especially with viral stuff now yeah. everything's so quick yeah. and it's so so fast but it's also burns fast as mm -hmm. well yeah. there's no you know to me music nowadays there's very few classics being made anymore right. there's not i think you said that yeah i can't i mean i say that i mean people always ask days. me hey did you hear this album right i don't buy albums anymore yeah. Yeah. just because yeah i know it's not going to be good the whole way <clears throat> no. i only buy old stuff because i know it's good you know from ice cube's first album to low-end theory to you know to cypress's first album Those I can hear from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you the last album that's recently come out that so, I could do that so, to. So why is that? I don't know. Damn, I, I don't know. Homogenization. What? It's too and there's too much access for for every artist to to make an album. Right yeah. now, there's an album being made underneath us. Right. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> it's just too much access for people to do it, and also too much. Um, just, just spreading it, everything too thin. The radio shows, the 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 lack of, of focus on as far as the DJs are concerned, lack of focus on the listeners as well. Mm -hmm. yeah, the listeners, quantity over quality. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that. Like, you know, just how much access you have to music, and like you're just like zooming through things so rapidly. Yeah. And then like, you know, Josh shares stories about discovering records back then. Like, uh -huh. You'd have to go to the record store. You'd have to dig through crates. Yep. Well, I mean, these guys had to drive from Bakersfield. Right. Yeah. And I, know I just had to get to Prime Cuts. Right. <laughs> but so there is nothing. So there's nothing special about it. Discovering music now anymore, right. or is 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 it just different? It's definitely different. I mean, with the digital age of uh, finding records. I mean, like for instance, I'll I'll go through, I don't know, five to six hundred songs a week. Yeah, I give that record literally ten to fifteen seconds. If it don't catch me, I'm done. Right. Yep, I'm out. Is it special? No, anymore? no, I, it is special, and I'll tell you how it's special to me from somebody that has been in the music business, and I'm still looking for, to discover. I'm going out on Thursday night to hear music that I've never heard before. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's special to me. I'm going out of my way. You know, I'm gonna get my Uber. I got my <laughs> ticket. I'm inviting a couple friends, and right. we're gonna. I'm gonna share, and I want to share with them. Like you got to come with me and come and check out what these guys are playing right here. Yeah. Oh, you talking about Night Base? Night Base. What is it? Um, AC Slater. He's, okay. He's got his night. Yeah. And they do it once a month, and it's just the next thing evolution in house music, I guess, if you mm -hmm. will, and dance mm -hmm. music. It's a different sound. They're you know they're reusing sounds in a house tempo it's and what have you. Like combination, combination of dubstep and house. Okay. But it's not annoying like that. Right. And plus, they use a lot of hip hop samples as well. Yeah. So they're using yeah. vocal samples. Nice. And yeah. and the crowd, you know, the crowd is new. This is a new generation of kids. There's no genres to them. Once again, mm -hmm. they don't give a shit about that. So they can drop a trap record, a real ghetto trap record in there, and they'll go crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of stuff. So the discovery is still there if you want to do it. Yeah. And you just got to turn your back on what is being, 
I guess fed to you, fed to you, right. and go against the grain constantly. Then I hit a little bit more until I feel I'm tripping. What about, so you have kids. I got four. Um, and you see their relationship to music. Yeah. They're right. special because of, yeah, you of know, course. they grew up around great music always in their head. We program yeah. them, you know, very well, mm-hmm. you know. So when my daughter says, I got, I found Kanye West on, on Wax in front front, you know, the first album on Wax, or I found Low and Theory on Wax. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's You're a new like, generation. Yeah, it totally does because I've always trying to, push good music into their ears always constantly so when i find something special that i want them to have you know it could be a christmas gift you know mm-hmm. like got the chronic on yeah. wax in your 21 <laughs> i just brought my son his first album oh yeah he's six he's about to be six <laughs> so i got it like, what's, what's no nah, he no nah, you know we have turntables at the house and Dope. and uh and uh Guitar. Yeah, he plays guitar. He does oh, like dope! Musician. So he's really somehow I played Iron Man <laughs> for him, and he he like flipped over it. So his eyes went like that's the only song he wants to play. So I bought the I bought Paranoid, the, nice. the Black Sabbath record for him. That's great. That's a beautiful like thing. His first. Yeah, I'm like, hoping he doesn't become like. <laughs> you know, the problem with Black Sabbath, right, is like I love they're great, but it's like where you go from there, mm-hmm. like it gets pretty nasty <laughs> yeah. pretty quickly well there's no genres anymore so you never know where yeah, he's yeah, gonna that's go true. no that's my true. daughter actually just sent me a link to some new artists so mm-hmm. you know they're on it as uh-huh. well they're yeah. always nice. and we always go back and forth have you heard of this have you heard of this yeah, have you heard that's, of, awesome. that's that great connection like c minus and his son yeah. same thing like c minus is such a uh, incredible head as far as music is concerned and his son is like becoming the dope new underground 21 year old producer oh right, right right oh yeah. so so it's like yeah our generation we're very very lucky you know but our kids are gonna even be doper than us mm-hmm. hopefully you know yeah. yeah that's awesome that's great what um what about mentors that have helped you guys along the way there's been a few who 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 stands out um to me personally i would say like tony g julio g mm-hmm. from k-day you know just listening to them on the air do what they did was huge influence on us yeah. and KD in general you know uh, back in the day what they were doing we wanted to emulate them as best as we could sure you know with our ability um, those guys are still dope as hell you know they're still dope I give them nothing but uh, ultra respect and everything so what they teach you uh, just you know the mixing, the, the the techniques they were using, the records they were playing, you know, we'd hire them to come to Bakersfield so we could basically watch them. Mm-hmm. You know, our parents would hire them to go. We'd throw a dance and we'd oh, like, that's cool. we want to bring Tony and Julio. <laughs> so we'd call them up. Yeah. And then, you know, they came down and they would become, you know, they became friends with our parents. And mm-hmm. so they started looking out for us like, oh, you know, we're cool with their parents. And then Tony hooked us up with uh, Kid Frost okay. to uh put our first record out on Virgin Records, which we ended up doing three songs on his album. Oh, nice. On his first album, and uh, that was on a major. 
and so and then from there you know we started meeting with like mellow through julio because he was djing for him mm -hmm. and then then we met cypress through mellow because of, you know sin dog mm -hmm. and then it went to buzzstone it all connected yeah. so everybody was connected somehow nice. but definitely those guys are huge influence for us mm -hmm. as far as radio is concerned our, the the first guy to get a give us a shot on radio in bakersfield steve wall he's god he always said um you guys are millionaires yeah checks not signed yet yeah <laughs> yeah you know, like wow I'm still waiting for the check, too. <laughs> <laughs> Steve! <laughs> Where's that check? That's uh, so that's, that's the yeah, first guy. Yeah, that's great. You know? Yeah. Uh, he believed in us, and that was Yeah, he, he believed in us. Um, yeah. Nick was DJing for Lighter Shade of Brown at the time. And, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, we were doing a show in Bakersfield, and my dad had went up to him and, hey, that's, those are my sons, and they DJ, and they mix. Oh. They want to do radio. and mm -hmm. Just, I don't know how he found out he worked at the station or what <laughs> happened. But before that, I was trying to get on the radio station, and the the guy in charge was just he was a, he was a hater. He he mm -hmm. wasn't trying to hear us because we came from no radio school. We didn't right. have we didn't go sure. to broadcast school. Yeah, we didn't learn the correct way to say the weather. You know, we were just <laughs> raw talent. We just jumped on the air. <laughs> That's right. So funny. You, you know, we yeah. didn't learn that. Right. Um, so he was like, nah, you know, you got to have a certificate. You got to have a, a, oh, wow. a license. Yeah. You got to have all this type of shit. <laughs> and we're like, you know, we were just kids just having fun. Yeah. yeah. And that's how we've always been. Yeah. You Do know, you guys give that feedback to young cats that trying to. Absolutely. Like, I don't. Don't fuck the certificate. Just. Yeah. I mean, they uh, don't need it anymore. You know, I mean, kids right. have radio shows all yeah, day, yeah, every day long, broadcast, yeah. right. they're, they're rocking and rolling right now. They don't need that. But if they ask us, so they come up to us and they want some knowledge, I always give out anything as people above us did, or they just gave it out freely, mm -hmm. and I feel it'll always come back around to you, to us. Yeah. And they did it for us, so why not give it to somebody else? And you never know where they're going to wind up. You always want to be cool and respectful and you know give them whatever they can, because they're always going to come back. Or in their bio, guess what? They're going to say, I got, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I was interning with the Baker Boys. Right. And boom. You know? Yeah, radio's not rocket science. It's not you're not splitting atoms here, but you know, I always tell people if you have personality, I can teach you radio. Mm -hmm. You can't teach your personality though. Sure. That don't happen. You either have it or you don't. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's no it's too bad well, let's for me. see, let's let's Develop. get better. You know Right. Uh, I mean it it just doesn't work like that. So I should give up, basically. No, no, it's okay. You're, you're right. You're cool. You're doing <laughs> the best. Give us some yeah. give us some tips. <laughs> Who's been your favorite guest? Hmm. Um, I think probably my favorite was James Brown and Barry White. Probably. Wow. It was just, yeah. I mean, those guys are. And, yeah. um, and of course, like, you know, there's there's actually, I think there's only been like three people that I've ever got excited about seeing. I mean, we've seen everybody. Of course. Pretty much. Um, but nobody I really got excited for or like starstruck or like, oh, shit, this mm -hmm. is. Such as here, James Brown was one. Mm. Um, probably Marley Mall mm -hmm. was another one, mm -hmm. who, was, who was basically, you know, created kind of the golden era of hip hop. Yeah, and uh, you know, Dre was one when we first sat down with him, I think. And those three, mm -hmm. uh, and we've had Stevie Wonder on too before. That was cool too, but those three to me were the ones that I was like excited about. Like mm -hmm. everybody else, I, I could care less. I mean, we're we're there to do, to, to do the interview, but yeah, you know, I just. I don't get 
crazy about no matter. Sure. I don't care who you are. Right. I don't care how much money you make. Mm-hmm. It, we all come in the same way and we all die the same way. Mm-hmm. So no matter how much money you have, it right. doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, so I treat everybody the same. The standout for me has to be the interview I did not want to do. Oh, yeah. MC Hammer. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, when you're kids and you're, like, so on your music, you're like, yeah. fuck that. I'm yeah. not playing that shit. I'm not, no. Right. So, and this was at the top of his, like, this is KFC, Supreme. KFC and Taco Bell commercials okay. type thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, he was on top. Yeah. He was typewriting every, over everything. <laughs> and I was like, nope, don't want to do it. Nope. Yeah. And they forced me to do it. And... <laughs> And I was just like straight up honest with them. I'm like, bro, I don't, I'm not a fan of your music. I don't get down. Um, I just want to be upfront and honest with you. And he said, he said, you know what? No one's ever really told me that. And I appreciate you being honest with me. And you, that, said, you said that on the air. I yeah. told us home. Yeah, uh-huh. it was on the air. On the yeah. air. And he's like, I know, right? But you gotta be, you know, you gotta be. I want the energy to be right, yeah. and it wasn't right with me. Yeah, yeah. You and I'm can't not one it. to hold my no, tongue. He definitely right. won't. I will not hold my tongue. I don't care who you are. You know what I mean? I just that's just just who I am. And he's like, dude, thanks for telling me that. Appreciate it. And it was by far to this day the best interview of my life. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Hammer's pretty dope. I, I met him kind of recently. You know, and he he's like, he, you know, he's a special dude. Like the mm-hmm. shit that he's been through, mm-hmm. the highs and lows. Yeah, man. You know, it's pretty amazing stuff. That's dope. I always had, you know, I'm from the Bay, so I had and and the first time I heard Hammer was on uh uh Poo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I remember that. The remember community K-Poo? radio yeah. up there and it was a it was an interview with him and NWA. Oh wow. Together. Whoa. And like <laughs> cuz he was like the you know local hero. Yeah. They were this might have been their first tour. I think is when they came up and did the Henry J and it was big riots and mm. like it was like the day before that or whatever. Oh, right. So this was like their real debut yeah, in the Bay Area. And like so for me, like I've always had that in the back of my mind when you see him on the KFC or whatever. It's not that he, you know, I definitely turned my nose up to him <laughs> at a certain point, but but there was still some of that in there that like, okay, we know where he came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he he came from the streets and he he did his thing mm-hmm. and you know he scraped for everything he got. Mm-hmm. And but no, I get it, right? Like you know, not everybody. No, I was on my East Coast Cypress Hill shit. You of course. Know, you know, that whole sound. Yeah. You know, just being kids, you know, and ignorant for the yeah. most part, you know. But I'm I'm glad that I was able to be honest with them, and it was a great interview. How much do you think that's changed? I mean, I know now, you know, most recently we're, we're, we're watching the, the Drake, you know, Meek Mill beef happen or hmm. whatever that was. Is that a beef, um, really? Yeah, it's not, you know, it's, it's whatever <laughs> passes for a beef right now. It's more now. like a garden patty. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah but you know I think for those of us who've lived through you know other eras yeah like it makes you think about just how that whole thing has changed and how you know you you talk about the east coast and you know for a long time and maybe even to this day to some extent but you know there was this mentality that real hip hop came from the east coast Mm -hmm. came from New York Mm -hmm. right and that they didn't take us seriously and Mm -hmm. I think you know that for a lot of the artists that I knew, that really fueled oh, their drive, yeah. right? And and for the DJs too, you know, we had Adam Twelve on the other day, and um, me and him used to do a club together, and we brought Clark Kent and Funk Flex and and his and Adam was like our our, our resident, mm-hmm. 
and every week he was like i'm gonna fuck these dudes up like i'm gonna show them yeah what you know and he did yeah and dope. he schooled them on the you know every week That's dope. because but it was only because that was them and he had something to prove right. and they didn't That's you know great. what i mean i think with new york they always felt like they have something to prove and they don't want to like it's their baby right. they don't want to share it with anybody yeah mm -hmm. but you know music music no matter where it's from you shouldn't put a coaster or um a genre or anything on it if it's good it's good you know no matter what and you should embrace it you know we we i think that's why we had such success because we never did that we never mm -hmm. like oh this is west coast or this is east coast this is down south this is this if it's good we just played it we didn't give a shit where right. it's from sure yeah, that's cool. and i think that's how we've had success everywhere we've been because we always show love to whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. And like, for instance, when we we're in the Bay, and you know, a lot of the guys were stuck in their sound. Yeah. And we we're like, if it's not better than what I'm playing now, I can't mess with it. Right. You know, if, if it don't stand up to what we're playing, you have to step your shit up outside of your area too, as well, to, mm -hmm. to, to expand your, you know, your audience and everything. You know, we're, we're, we're thinking nationally now for, for our show. Yeah. And so we try to be honest with everybody, whether it's good or bad. I'd, I'd rather be honest than, than lie to somebody about something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I mean, when you're dealing or let's say if you're p pitching a deal or something like that and you lay it all out and then you hear nothing, would you rather them say it's not for us right now or <laughs> obviously they're not gonna, they don't call you back you're like they give you the shoulder you know it's funny um so you know when i was in the music business um you would uh, you would kind of always get a call back maybe not right away mm -hmm. maybe not on your schedule right but you would always kind of hear like nah that's you know bring me the next one yeah mm -hmm. right not this one and uh now you know so we have a marketing agency we work you know with corporate brands doing their marketing a lot of times connecting them with music but but we get paid by the brands right mm -hmm. and and the brand world is totally different like mm -hmm. if they don't if if the answer is no you just you just probably never hear from them there's no like that mentality of like we're gonna have an ongoing relationship i remember you know so my the first real record deal i made was was bosco Mm -hmm. and uh we signed it to atlantic i came really close to signing it to def jam with dante he had a little label deal yeah at def jam and we got to be friends kind of you know throughout the process and i called him to say hey i'm going to atlantic and he cussed me out it was one of the very few times in my life <laughs> that somebody's cussed me out um it's basically him and amanda dummy Oh. Uh, the only people but she cussed everybody out so yeah, I'm not special yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm that special with getting cussed out by Dante either but um, but he cussed me out he's like lose my number fuck you yeah. you know yeah. blah 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 and then I'm shopping my next thing and I was like shit should I send the tape to Dante like you know is he gonna light it on fire and yeah, send right. it back right so, but whatever you know so I send it to him and he calls me he's like let's do it mm. I like it dope and uh and that taught me a valuable lesson right that you know the you're gonna have these relationships that go through uh -huh. different stages it's gonna be ups right? and you're downs. gonna have your ups and downs absolutely and um corporate things very different they're like we're looking at three agencies we're gonna pick one if you're not hired like we'll probably never talk to you again 
<laughs> like yeah. you know what I mean? Push to get some like feedback or everybody's being so corporate. But when at what point is like okay, stop calling. They're not giving you any feedback. They're not giving you an answer, yes or no. So at what point is like okay, that's it up. Just cut. Cut yeah, it off. You sound like us asking. Yeah, I don't know. When do we I stop mean, <laughs> I think to some extent you never stop until they tell you to leave me alone, okay. right? Like, okay. because because I always have that in my mind that you know someday I'm gonna have that next thing that they want, mm -hmm. and they'll forget the last time they told me no, <laughs> right. you know, or they'll see somebody else do the deal and be like, maybe, Fuck, I yeah, I passed that up. Absolutely. I mean, it's the same hustle. What was the pivots that that made the deal happen that you took? I mean, I think a lot of it is timing. Right. It's, you know, same, I mean, did you pitch the same deal over and over? No, different <laughs> no, ideas. That's what I'm saying. No. Different what was, ideas. What was the pivot? Eh, I don't I mean, I don't know how to, it, there's not a great story to okay, that. OK. I think a lot of it is just, you know, timing. And it's the same in the music business. Right. Like, you know, the right artist comes along at the right time with the right song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, I tell this story back when I was doing management. Uh, this kid, uh, Evan Bogart, was working for me. And he had brought Eminem to to uh, Interscope, or he was in the mailroom, and he kind of found it and was like, "We should pay attention to this." And um, so then, you know, a few months later, they're working on the record. He's like, "Em's looking for a manager." And I, and you know, I had heard the demo, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, it's cool, but white rappers, yeah, yeah, you know, probably not." Yeah, probably not, right? <laughs> and you know, so my bad, obviously. Um, but, you know, the point is, had, had he and I had that conversation two years later, like after Eminem broke and he was bringing me the next guy, I would have had a very different reaction because yeah, the timing was timing. different. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, at that time, I wasn't the only guy saying a white rapper is not going to happen. Okay. Right. Like, but, but were you actually looking for the next white rapper after no, Eminem was so oh, big? You know nah, I mean? because I wasn't my, you know, that just wasn't my thing. Yeah. I think after somebody's had success, it's like you can't go down that route again. I mean, it's right. already been done. Sure. You know, it's like so. Yeah, but how many guys got signed because of Eminem? I mean, like, I can't name them. I mean, uh, MJ. They're not still around. I mean, but, like who? Like name them. <laughs> oh, but I think like you know, uh, Asher Roth okay, and okay. and uh, Hot, Carl, Hot Carl and like there's a there's a whole generation. <laughs> I guess yeah, but you don't hear them anymore, because right? Because they weren't that, Eminem. Yeah, that lane was trailblazed Absolutely. already. So there's but really, they got deals. Is what I'm saying. Like gotcha. there's a bunch of guys around town start going. Okay, who's the next one? Right. You know. Gotcha. And I heard some of those deals were signed just to keep them off. Um, yeah. Out, out of the market anyway. Yeah, sure. That's crazy. So I heard that too. Yeah, <laughs> probably so. Dirty business. It's a tax write-off for okay. the labels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, I'm told we're out of time. But um, I, I need two more. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, you know, when you guys think about the Baker Boys brand, you know, and a lot of that, you know, you... you for, for most of your career, you've been at stations who have a lot of control over that brand and how it gets represented. You know, we see you on the billboards around town and, and all of that, right? But um, how do you balance that with, you know, your own vision for what you want Baker Boys to mean? Um, we have to be our own bosses and we have to, and we need help. We have, not only do we have to keep our brand who we are, but we need to look forward to the next thing, but we need help. We're not going to be able to do it ourselves. We're still going to need guidance, mm -hmm. um, but we're also going to be creating new things constantly. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that answered the question. Keep the balance. I think that helps. You know, we're, we're, we're not down to saying 
no, we shouldn't do this, but, you know, we still need some guidance? Yeah, I mean, just being honest with, you know, like, say if we were at a station, like, there was an event we had back in the day. It was the Friday Night Flavors anniversary. Um, they tried to put tag team on our show. It had the biggest record in the, in the country at the yeah. time. Whoop, there it is. Sure. We're like, we don't play this shit on Friday Night Flavors. Right. This don't represent who we are and what we are. Mm-hmm. So we fought with management about it. They finally said, you know what, you're right. Mm-hmm. And they pulled them. Yeah. And then we ended up having, I think it was Outkast and Cypress Hill. And then when you think about other brands, like, you know, you know, you talk about Pepsi and, and Starter and that, like, um, like, what makes a good fit? I think it's the the fit is who we are. It's like look at our lifestyle, look at what we do, look at what we use. That's mm-hmm. a fit for us because we rock the shit. Yeah, because it's real. Vans, mm-hmm. I'm rocking. I'm not a skater, but this right. is lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, let's say spec. Drop my phone. Boom. Saves me every time. Right. <laughs> you and me spec. <laughs> um, awesome. Turntables. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. is what we do. Headphones. The lifestyle stuff. Sure. The brand. You know, those are I think those are first attacks. And then after that, you know, once we get a couple of those buildups and then the other people start coming like, do you drink water? Yeah, I drink water. (laughs) 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 Yeah, cool. You know what I mean? So, yeah. All right. Last question. Uh, Who is your favorite DJ or the best set you've ever seen? Um, I'm going to go with Jam Master J because, you know, he was something that I seen like he was the one on on the video and the walk this way. And he's up there running. I was like, I can do that. If if yo I see it, that's what I'm 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 about. Like let's say it. If I see it, that means it's possible. If it's possible, I can do it. So Jam Master J, I mean off top, for me. So I mean, there's a lot of DJs out there, a lot of great DJs, and some of the stuff that these guys are doing nowadays is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go on any YouTube channel and watch this DJ from overseas Okinawa. or this this guy <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. But still, probably to me, probably is uh, Tony for me. Tony G, to me, he's like uh, I put him in Yoda category. Totally, he's been studying for over eight hundred (laughs) years, and And he's he's still still dope dope as fuck. Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. Nice. Yeah, that's dope. Those are uh, we uh, we actually haven't heard those two yet. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're getting getting a good list together. Yeah. Well, Baker boys, thank you for being here, man. It's good to see you. It's been far too long. I know. Come back and promote stuff anytime. Yeah, thank you. Guys are we awesome. will. Um, your parents they did a good job. Thank you. <laughs> how do how do we find you guys online? The uh, Baker Boys everywhere. Um, just our name: T H E B A K A B O Y Z. Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Thanks cool. for having us, guys. Yeah, yeah man. Thanks. Rebel Radio. All right, that was the Baker Boys. Nick V, Eric V, I'm your host, Josh V, on Rebel Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Our Twitter was blowing up during this episode. If you want to jump in on that, send us a note on Twitter, at Rebel Radio Net, or leave us a comment on iTunes or SoundCloud.com slash Rebel Radio. Otherwise, tune in next week for more Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio.